0: What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. All right, what is going on, everybody? And with the Thunder walk away victorious in our revenge game 122 to 113 although the Thunder only won this game by nine points uh, this was a game that was much closer than the final score indicates Uh, obviously there's a storyline to this game behind this game we're going to get to that but before we get to the story of the game let's go to this advertisement talking about stories alright so I failed to mention uh, if you don't already know, this is Dylan, a.k.a. At Thunder Chats, uh, bringing this uh, this recap of the Utah Jazz game. Now, if you didn't get to watch this game, then you're in luck because I watched every second of it. It was beautiful. It was marvelous. It was spectacular. Um, there were some low points that we are going to cover, but before I get ahead of myself, let's go ahead and hook up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. All right, so this game has been a game that Thunder fans circled ever since the schedule release back in the summertime. Um, Obviously, the Utah Jazz defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 4-2 in the playoffs this past season. Um, a season where the Thunder had a lot of promise. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, actually picked a sweep over Defy Jazz. Uh, they were more than what we thought they were and you know, we wouldn't ever able to walk out victorious. But tonight, the Thunder, you could tell, the Thunder was really taking this game personally. Uh, they came out of the gates punching them in the mouth early. Uh, 6-0 run. Of Adams miss, Russell Westbrook put back way up, Adams reverse over Rudy Gobert, and then Paul George with a steal, jumping the passing lane, and finishing over Donovan Mitchell forcing Quinn Snyder to call a timeout <laughs> now the Jazz did respond with an 8-4 run on their own make it 10-8 OKC um, but OKC through crisp ball movement, you know, a good shot selection, and stifling defense was able to go into the end of the first quarter up 30-19 for Donovan Mitchell threw up a half court heave to put the Jazz up behind 8, 30-22. So the Thunder did a good job in the first quarter as I said. Um, Adams led the team uh, with 7 shots making 3 of them but he led the team in points, he had 2 boards and he was 3 of 4 from the strike. which is really good considering Steven Adams is not that great of a free throw shooter. Uh, Paul George finished three for three with nine points in that quarter. He was really aggressive on both ends early. Uh, you know, I mentioned in that 6 0 run to start the game. He had a steal. He actually finished the first quarter with three steals. Uh, spoiler alert, he finished the game with four steals. So he wasn't really able to build off that, but Paul George really <coughs> um, established. A mindset he really set the tone defensively for the Thunder in that first quarter with those three steals and we'll get to all that I promise uh, Russ was doing it all early he had four points three assists and seven boards and as I said you know we was getting really good shots we was moving the ball we was taking good shots and we shot 50% uh, for the first quarter and the Jazz shot 41.7 percent all right so going into the second quarter Dennis Schroeder and Orleans Noel start the quarter on a seven three run, including a dribble pull up three by Dennis Schroeder before the media timeout to put us up 37-25. Now I made to know that because obviously Dennis Schroeder has been a much improved spot up three point shooter this year. And anytime he takes a dribble pull up, uh, his percentage like spikes. So to see that go in um, before the media timeout was encouraging. Now if the Jazz were able to cut it to eight. Uh, with about 4:04 left in the second, um, but the Thunder was able to keep him at arm's distance a little bit. Uh, Paul George, building off of that first quarter, um, he only had five points in this half. I think they it was two free throws and a three-pointer. Um, Thunder was able to come out up 11 at halftime, 57-46. Paul George 14, as I was saying, Adams only scored two more points with 11, and then Schroeder had nine points of his own. Going into halftime. Those were the leaders. Notice, I didn't include Russell Westbrook there, but hey, he's he just had those four points still going into halftime. OKC okay, so was still shooting 50%, and Utah was shooting 39.5%. Donovan Mitchell uh, kind of came out of his shell. He had, I believe, that three-pointer, that half-court heave at the, in the first was his only points in the first quarter. He had three. He scored 11 in the second quarter to give him 14, going into halftime. Uh, I actually tweeted, kind of comically, um, that Terrence Ferguson, I said, is Twitter ready for Terrence Ferguson to hold Donovan Mitchell to 10 points in this game? And, you know, Donovan Mitchell closed the door on that halftime, so, screw you, Donovan. <laughs> um, coming out in the third quarter, uh, we opened up the game on a 5-1 run to start the third. Uh, Derek Favors, I believe, made a free throw, but then Paul George came down made a 3 Westbrook uh, had a run-out dunk set up by Ferguson Steele. Uh, Mitchell then made a three, and then Grant had two big baskets. One was off a Terrence Ferguson pick-and-roll. And I just have to say that again. Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant ran a pick-and-roll, and it was successful. <laughs> Terrence Ferguson got the ball in the left wing. Grant came over for the screen. Terrence Ferguson took the screen and flipped it to Grant, and Grant did a nice little teardrop as Michael Cage was so fondly pointing out, it's called. Um, and then after that, the next possession down, we get a stop. Jeremy Grant gets the ball in a driving dump to force a timeout by the Jazz. Now, I don't have a lot of other notes in the third quarter um, until the seven-minute mark where Donovan Mitchell picks up his fourth foul. He actually came out of the game for a little bit. Um, there was a moment in the third quarter that I, I spotlighted um, at the 7.05 mark, Oh, I'm sorry. That was when Mitchell got his fourth foul. I spotlighted because Dennis shooter in the pick and roll. He got Derek Favors on him. He came all the way into the rim, back-to-back out to the three-point line, did a crossover, blew right by him, got the layup. I tweeted this, and I've said this, so I'm blue in the face. Dennis did exactly what Donovan Mitchell did to Carmelo Anthony when Carmelo was switched on Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. He would run, pick, and roll. He would get Mella switched on him. As soon as he got that switch, he would attack Mella. He would either get fouled or he would get to the rim at will. He would get to the rim, be met by somebody, and then swing the ball for a wide-open shot. That was the Utah Jazz offense uh, in that playoffs. So, in the third quarter, Paul George was phenomenal. Uh, Westbrook was still struggling. Adams was going to work down low on Rudy Gobert. Um and the Thunder, who have been statistically the best third quarter team in the NBA thus far in the season, uh, continued to hammer that point home, outscoring the Jazz 42-29. 42 points in the third quarter. That I would have to look back on it, but I believe that is season high, if not tied or close to a season high for points in a quarter. Um, I mean, everything was just falling for the Thunder, except for West, Russell Westbrook, which I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But we uh, came out of the third quarter up 99-75. to 75. Now in the fourth quarter, I just have a few notes here. Dennis Schroeder opens up with an M1 blow-by to push him up 101-75. Mitchell picks up his fifth foul with 10.46 left. Homie finishes a contested layup. He's shooting perfect in the game at that point. He actually... Tommy played a really good game. He had nine points on ten shots, uh, four or five shooting. He only missed one. um, But he was great attacking the rim. Um, He even got fouled a couple of times. He had that, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Wow. Contagious, contagious. I I don't know. I I was about to say confectious, whatever that means. He had that contagious energy that really spread throughout the team. Um and you know how was great out there. Um at six twenty marks, Dennis Schroeder tried to take a charge on Dante Exum. He hit his head and he voiced his displeasure to the refs a little bit too loudly and he got a tech. Uh, Russ got fouled about six oh three into the fourth quarter and I just said the dude can't find rhythm. At that point he was shooting three seventeen, oh a five from three, and after he got fouled he was two of four from the free throw line. So Russ was struggling this game. He couldn't find rhythm. He couldn't get a shot to fall for nothing. There was no rocking of the babies in this game. He was just struggling, straight up. Uh, but we'll get to more of him in a little bit. I didn't take any more notes in this game, but I did say that the Thunder led the Jazz 99-75 to at the end of the third quarter. Well, the Utah Jazz was able to score 38 points to come to 113, and the Oklahoma City Thunder was only able to score 29 or 23, so 38 to 23, fourth quarter. Uh, you know, obviously it was enough to pick up the W, but you would have liked to see the Thunder be able to step on their neck early. I actually, tweeted rather prematurely um, after shooter's uh, M1. I said we're going to see Deontay Burton, or maybe even TLC and Ray Felton soon because at that point we was up 21 points, I believe. That was absolutely terrible math. 26 points. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> we was at 26 points at that point. We seemed to have complete control of the game. Um, but Utah, credit to Utah's bench man. I mean, they was able to come in and, you know, score when the starters was not able. Thabo had six. Ekpe Udo had 10 points. Those two guys right there shot seven of seven together. Seven of seven. All right. Exum came in. He had nine points. He only missed one shot. Uh, Corver was able to hit a shot. Corver struggled for m- most of the game, but he was able to hit a shot. Georges Niang, or Niang, whatever, <laughs> he shot one of two. He had five points. So the bench was able to come in and score on OKC in the fourth quarter, but ultimately it didn't matter. He was able to walk out victorious, and... I'm not going to say this was a statement game. It wasn't on national television. The Utah Jazz have been struggling. They have a losing record at the moment. They were 13-14 coming in this game, obviously 13-15 coming out of this game. So they're not the same team that they were in the playoffs last year. They're still missing the rookie, Grayson Allen, who showed a lot of promise in the preseason. Um, you know, They've got a lot of issues, but... What OKC was able to do in this game was was significant. It wasn't not significant is what I was trying to say. You know, Donovan Mitchell had five fouls, like I said, but Rudy Gobert had five fouls as well. Gobert had 13 points and 14 rebounds, but he had five fouls. And guess this, he had zero blocks. OKC was not scared of Rudy Gobert like there was in the playoffs, specifically Steven Adams. And I'm going to get to that momentarily, but yeah, with the win, OKC moves to first place in the Western Conference. Um, I believe that we are actually, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that we're tied with the Golden State Warriors for first place. Let me get some clarification on that. Yeah, we're tied with the Golden State Warriors for first place in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Warriors didn't play tonight. We was a half game back on them. So we win. They didn't lose. So we're tied with them. For those of you who don't don't understand how the standings work. Um, so, yeah, we are even. But, I mean, that's still pretty cool. You know, considering all the hate OKC gets, all the first-round exit jokes that we've had to endure during the offseason and the first part of the season, to see OKC at the top of the Western Conference is really cool to see. And really proud of this team, really proud of these guys, and I, I think... You know, we've got a good rest of the season ahead of us, so guys, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. All right, with that being said, we are going to get into my most impressive unit for the game. We're supposed to be a unit. Ah! All right, so I actually tweeted this um, on my Twitter, at Thunder if you're not following me. I will plug this, and this this is what my tweet said. I said, "Thunder in quotations. Thunder are not or thunder are the same team that lost in the first round in quotation squad." So basically, you know, in defense of the Thunder, whenever you know we're trying to convince people that we're better than we were last year, they're like, "Oh no, you're the same team that lost to the Jazz. You're the same team that's going to lose in the first round," and they couldn't be more wrong i mean they really couldn't i mean we've made a lot of moves since then um i'm about to tell you three players that are my most impressive unit but aside from that we added Nader, we added timothy wilde Capra. we added deontay burton uh, we cut ties with Carmelo and anthony like this team isn't exactly the same jeremy grant's playing an extended uh, an expanded role Terrence Ferguson's playing an expanded role. Patrick Patterson's playing an expanded role. This team is nowhere near the same than what we saw in the Utah Jazz Series last year. But, going back to the tweet and my most impressive unit. I'm going with a three-man unit right here, and it is Dennis Schroeder, Merlin's Noel, and Hamdu Diallo. All right, so, as I said, Thunder are the same team that lost in the first round squad. That's what I'm calling them. That's what I called them in my tweet. These guys are the three big additions to this team that we did not have in the Utah Jazz, and they all feel a different need. Dennis Schroeder, who had 23.6 assists, four boards, and two steals, provides the need um, of having somebody behind Russell Westbrook that can continue to dictate the tempo, that can continue to push the pace, that can continue to score baskets for you, and distribute the basketball and play. I mean, dare I say stellar defense. There was moments where... There's been moments all year, but tonight specifically, there's been moments where Dennis Schroeder has been matched up on Donovan Mitchell, and he was hounding him. Um, you know, So Dennis Schroeder feels that need, because last year, whenever Russ came out the floor, guess who was behind him? Ray Felton. We all know how that turned out. All right. Now was Noel. who had eight points, four rebounds, two steals, and one block. All right. So... He feels the need of somebody who comes in off the floor whenever Adams comes off the floor. Specifically last year with Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Vives Jonas, Um, The Thunder really got killed whenever Steven Adams came off the floor. Adams wasn't doing the best against Gobert. Let's call it what it is. But when he came off the floor, it was a crap show. Because we'd have Jeremy Grant, we'd have Patrick Patterson, and we'd have Dakari Johnson. Um, I don't think Dakari actually played in the playoffs. But those were our three reserve big men behind Steven Adams and really all year not even just the Utah Jazz series but all year long Backup big men would just feast on our big men starting big man would tear up our backup big man if Adams was in foul trouble but Nermis Noel is a starting caliber center he is a premier shot blocker he's really good at defense uh, he's competent on the offensive end he's an intelligent player he makes good passes he makes good decisions and he's really elevated our second unit in our team being on our squad. And then Hamidou Diallo, who I've always been high on because he's from UK, just like Nourles Noel. But like I said earlier, he was nine points on four or five shooting in just 10 minutes of action. Um, and what homie provides this year that we did not have last year is energy. Like, you know, obviously you've got Russell Westbrook out there. This dude's freaking Energizer Bunny. But the energy that Hami provides is different than anybody else on the team. Um, it's an energy of excitement it's an energy of get out and go it's an energy of like i'm having fun playing basketball it's not like i'm not saying that's not how russell westbrook plays but when russell westbrook has the energy it's because of his motor Tommy just brings an energy like he's really enjoying himself out there like he loves playing basketball and it's infectious for the team i think that's what i was trying to say earlier when i said contagious Contagious, infectious, same thing, but I, I combine them to say, the confectious. So, Homie's energy is confectious for this team, um, and he's huge. He's huge, but like I said, you know, that was uh, the Thunder are the same team that lost in the first round squad. Combined, they had 40 points, uh, 6 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 steals, and a block, so there you go. Carmelo Anthony's not giving you that production. And then I added, But keep sleeping, sleep emoji, hashtag Thunder Up. And there you have it. Dennis Schroeder, No one's Noel, Hamadou Diallo, are my most impressive unit for the game. Alright, so, as great as they were, I actually toyed with the idea of doing something different and making them my player of the game, but, I decided I couldn't. I just, I just could not. For that, The Academy, the word for the play of the game is... Man, I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of people that had good games today. But it's got to go to Paul George. When you score 31 points on 10 shots... There's not a lot of times you're not gonna win a player of the game. He scored 31 points in 30 minutes of action, 10 shots. He was 5 of 6 from deep. He shot 8 of 10 from the field, 10 of 12 from the three free throw line. He only had three rebounds, and three assists, but he had four steals in the game. Like I, I tweeted on Twitter, you are a joke if you don't have Paul George in your MVP conversations. What he's been able to do for this team in Westbrook's absence and Westbrook's struggles, which, again, we're going to get to that. Um, You know, being able to help elevate this team to number one in the Western Conference and, you know, one of the top teams in the NBA, one of the biggest threats to the Golden State Warriors, like, when you take what he has been able to do this year, putting up career high in every statistical category, how can you not have him in the MVP conversations? Like... This guy has been ridiculous all year long, and I love every second of it. Not because, not only because you know he's on my team, you know he's he's for us, but because this is something I have called since July. I said Paul George is going to win MVP, and here's why. And I actually wrote an article about it called PG for MVP. Definitely check that out. Probably going to tweet it out braggadociously here in the next few days. I'm not even going to lie, but um, yeah, I mean. There, it, the writing was on the wall. You know, you can make the case from a lot of different players, but there's just as big a case for Paul George, and he showcased that tonight. Like, man, talk about, talk about efficiency. Man, eight of ten shooting, five of six from deep. Kevin Durant could never. All right, Kevin Durant probably has. Don't come at me, but you know, it's a joke. Um, I do have to say, runner-up goes to my man Steven Adams at 22 points, seven rebounds. Uh, an assist and a steal and 29 minutes of action he shot 7 of 13 from the field and actually shot 8 of 10 from the free throw line so congrats to you steven shooting 80 percent from the free throw line that that helps out a lot (laughs) because adams is gonna get fouled probably more than anybody else on the team Um, not only because of his position being close to the rim playing in a physical spot but because he's not traditionally a great free-throw shooter. So if you can give us these 8 for 10 efforts, heck, we'll take 7 for 10 efforts. Like that That's going to help out tremendously. And the big thing about Adams is they went to him early, um, and he showed he wasn't scared of Gobert. Uh, I mean, he was going over Gobert for rebounds. He was scoring around Gobert. He tried to dunk it on Gobert a couple times. Uh, he had a couple of hook shots in Gobert. Like Adams dictated that matchup with uh, Rudy Gobert. And I mentioned Rudy Gobert had five fouls. Adams was pissing him off all game. And it was so fun to watch. Rudy Gobert, you know, he got through out of the Rockets game the other night. And just just seeing Adams just pick at him. Just pick at him all game long uh, was the best feeling in the world. Jeremy Grant had a great game. He had 13 points on 6 of 11 shooting. 1 of 2 from deep. He had 4 rebounds and a block. He was actually a team high, game high, plus 22 um, in 30 minutes of action. So, I mean, Jeremy Grant was great, not only on the offensive end, as I mentioned, but defensively. Uh, You know, he just provides a wrinkle that we didn't really have last year. You know, even when we played Jeremy Grant for Carmelo, as good as he was, he's nowhere near that level that he is right now. So, kudos to Jeremy Grant. And it's wild. Because Russell Westbrook had another triple-double. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists in this one. But he probably had the... Yeah, I'm going to say he probably had the 5th most impressive... I'm not going to say 5th. I'm going to say he had the 4th most impressive performance of his team. Because Paul George, number 1. Dennis Schroeder, 23 points off the bench. That's number 2, easily. Steven Adams with 22 points. Uh, and 8 is in from the free throw line on Rudy Gobert, that's number 3 and Russell Westbrook, you know, you had the 12, 11, and 10 and if it was more efficient, I'd probably move him up there but man, shot 4 of 18, he was 0 5 from deep he had 4 of 8 from the free throw line like I said, the dude was just struggling but he did have the triple-double um, he only had 4 turnovers, 10 to 4 turnover ratio you will take that every time, he's a plus 15 and honestly, he was playing solid defense out there uh, he only had one steal, but he had his hands all over the ball. He was jumping the passing lanes. He was doing solid out there. So uh, Russ did a great job. But I know <laughs> I said a lot of players, but that was just a long-winded explanation of how good our team played tonight, how good our team is, and just just uh, I guess recognizing how how you know even though those guys played so good Paul George's game stands so far above them because he shot so efficiently he was on fire he was picking a spot wasn't forcing nothing and Paul George you are the player of the game what does that mean? Do I get get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? (laughs) That'll be sick! (laughs) I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. All right, guys, so with that being said, like I said, the OKC Thunder are number one in the Western Conference, tied for at least the Golden State Warriors. Uh, We play the New Orleans Pelicans um, on Wednesday, uh, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern. And that game is going to be interesting for a few reasons. You know, we talked about it a little bit in our weekly podcast. Um, That was the game Russ Westbrook got hurt in. Obviously, Drew Holiday, Russell Westbrook's a fun matchup to watch. Jewish Randall has been tearing it up for the Pelicans. And then, of course, Anthony Davis, perennial MVP candidate, had 41 points tonight against the Boston Celtics in a 13-point loss. So we will seemingly be getting the pissed-off version of New Orleans Pelicans. So, can't wait for that. (laughs) But with all that being said, I think the team can handle it. I predicted a 4-0 finish for the week and I'm not backing down from that I have the utmost confidence in this team seeing what they was able to do to the Utah Jazz with Russell Westbrook struggling as mightily as he did has me all the more encouraged Um, so yeah I'm really excited it's you know what a time to be an Oklahoma City Thunder fan you know that's that's all I gotta say Um, real quick note around the league right now 43 seconds left. Nuggets are up on the Grizzlies 102 uh, to 97. 3:27 left in the fourth. Suns actually lead the Clippers 105 to 100. And nine minutes or eight minutes 57 seconds in the second quarter. The Warriors lead the Timberwolves 35 to 29. So, <laughs> if the Grizzlies could beat the Nuggets, the Suns could beat the Clippers, Timberwolves could beat the Warriors, it'd be an even better night for the Thunder. But with all that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, as I said, you know, we beat the Utah Jazz. We got the Pelicans coming up. It's going to be a fun week of basketball. You want to stick with us this week as we bring you all the coverage. Um, also, Wednesday, we will be dropping our podcast with Snotty Drippin, or at Snotty Drippin. His name is James Holis. Uh, his name on Twitter is Tweet, Tweetwood Mac. So, he's, he's a man of many aliases, but... James Hollis joined the guys, uh, Matty Molas, Stephen Dolan, and Anthony Montero uh, the other night. Uh to talk a little about Thunder basketball and the NBA in general. So, definitely want to keep your eyes peeled for that. And you could find that at Type of Thunder on Twitter. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, you know, that's where we post our podcasts, post polls, post potential trades. Uh, guys will be live tweeting um, during certain games. Uh, a lot of times it's me, but it'll be other people too, so definitely want to stay tuned to that. Uh, you guys need to find us at thundersintentions.com. Now it's thundersbasketball.com. Anywhere you will to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever it may be, it'll a five-star rating and a positive review. We appreciate that. That helps us out so much in getting ads um, like Flipboard. And, you know, as I said... We got a lot of stuff coming up. Three more games coming up this weekend or this week. So stay tuned here, and we'll be bringing you all the coverage. Hope you all have a great night. God bless, and as always, thunder up!